0: Well, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm looking around to make sure that we've got enough guys in the room and not just all women tonight. I'm really <laughs> uh, in a series, of, this is a third message in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In the first part, we talked about uh, edifying and we talked about clarity in the second part, we talked about spirit and understanding in the hearers, mainly working on uh, the word about private tongues or our prayer language versus public tongues or what we call a message in tongues plus an interpretation. Both are gifts and those equal prophecy, the gift of prophecy as well. And so in this part, this concluding part, I'm going to be talking about from verses 26 to 40. If you're going to look at verse 26 and we're going to begin talking about order and procedure in the church, order and procedure in the church. And with that, um, I also have a couple of divisions in the notes to kind of let you know when I get to that place about the ladies. Y'all know where I've gotten to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you tonight for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, tonight that as we're gathered together here that we are good soil. I thank you, Lord, tonight that as this seed of the Word of God is deposited in our hearts, I thank you, Lord, that it's not going to land up on wayside, it's not going to hit rocks, and it's not going to be choked by thorns, but I thank you, Lord, it's going to land on the good soil. I think it's going to germinate by the Spirit of God, and it's going to cause a bountiful harvest for your glory, Father. We thank you, Lord, for this assembling. I pray, God, that you help me to articulate, to say with accuracy and with simplicity and with sanity, in the name of Jesus, you desire for the Lord to speak to your heart tonight say a big amen. Amen. And amen. And I did forget last week, and so I made sure that I brought tonight my amen button. I uh, took it with me when I preached in Arlington this past Sunday, and they had a metal podium, and I had on my ring, and I forgot. And so I said, here's my amen button. I'm just going to make sure. Let me test the volume work real quick. And I went, bam! And everybody went, amen! Amen. <laughs> I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit or was a <laughs> But I did bring it, so I'm going to test before I start. You ready? Amen. Amen. Okay, here we go. Verse 26. It says, How is it then, brethren, talking to the church, whenever you come together, and that's not just a Beatles song, hallelujah, but when we are come together or when we've assembled ourselves together, that's what this is, the assembling of the body of Christ, When we come together, it says each of you, didn't say just a few of you, but it says each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Whatever those things are that each of you has, it says in the next part, it says L-E-T. It starts with L-E-T means in the New Testament, it's talking about you. Not talking about just somebody else, but it's talking about you get to L-E-T. You get to let... All things, all the things that's being done in the church service, all things that's being in the house of the Lord, all things that's being done in ministry, let it be done for the edification or the building up of the body of Christ. Now you're doing good. So there needs to be an edifying and a building up of the body. So having said that, verse 27, he says, "'If anyone speaks in a tongue, let let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn,' and let one interpret. So he's giving order on how these things happen. When there is a gift of tongues or a message in tongues, there should be an interpretation to that. We're going to read in just a little bit that the person that gives the gift of tongues or a message in tongues should pray that there be an interpretation. One of the things that that happened in my life, just in this study, walking this with you, was how do we know if there's a person that has the gift of interpretation or not? I mean, do we come to church and do we, do we sign up? Do we put that on a Connect card? I have the gift of interpretation. You know, how do we know? Does somebody come and talk to us about it? Hey, to let you know, I have the gift of interpretation. How do we know? And so the answer I believe I heard in my heart in praying about that is we know usually by experience. Oh, you didn't know that. That if there is a gift of tongues, and we're praying that there be an interpretation because the gift of tongues is God speaking a message to us, there needs to be an interpretation about that. Usually somebody will have a gift of interpretation. I found out by experience of listening to you (laughs) that I know who some of you are. I've heard you give the gift of interpretation. I've heard others that talk about I had the gift of interpretation. Here's one. Pastor Terry, I believe I have the gift of interpretation, but I was scared that it was me and I didn't want to give it. <laughs> right? So, to have a conversation about it, let me encourage you that if the Lord has given you the gift of interpretation, you still have to mix faith with it and you need to give it. Amen. Right? All right. So he says in that that there's an order about doing that. He says that there needs to be in the church service, the order and procedure, there needs to be that it happens in one or two or three. There needs to be a gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, a gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, a gift of tongue and interpretation. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one right after the other. There can be a worship service. So here's a, here's a great point, order of the service. When can you give properly a a gift of tongues, or a gift of prophecy, or a gift of interpretation? When is it proper to give it? Let's start when it's not proper to give it. Here's a great question. Do you believe that the person that stands up here and speaks, that they speak under the anointing and is being gifted to speak by the Holy Spirit? That's a little weak. Do you believe that the person standing up here... Not talking about me, but the person standing up here, that they are gifted and anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring a word from the Holy Spirit for your heart. Thank you. And so by that then, there needs to be an interpretation from that. So when do you know that it's not proper? If someone gives a message in tongues or the gift of prophecy while a person standing up here delivering the Word of God that is given by the Holy Spirit, if you give that gift then, you're actually given by the Holy Spirit. You're interrupting the Holy Spirit. And here's a word. The Holy Spirit does not interrupt itself. Well, that was good. Somebody ought to take a note. (laughs) So when is it proper to give it? When there is a place in the worship service. That there, ne- that there can be that. When there is a let's wait on the Lord for a moment, there's a place for that. When there is a time in a, in a at the end of the service, let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. In other words, it's like the field of dreams. Now I'm thinking about it. In the field of dreams, Kevin Costner, remember the movie? Yeah. If you build the field, they'll come. <laughs> if we give room to the Holy Spirit and a place for Him to operate, He will come. He will speak. So we need to know. So there's a gift of tongues. That means that there's a message from God. Private tongues is our talking in our prayer language to God. A gift of tongues to remind us is a message that comes from God. It's a message being spoken to the body. Our understanding doesn't understand it. So it takes the gift of interpretation to bring logic to our mind to understand. And so it's communicated in Texas our in Oklahoma in our English language. a little weak again. To communicate in our English language. Thank you. We're not talking in Hispanic up here tonight. Hallelujah. All right. So it needs to be in that order of two or three, and each in turn. In other words, I'll just say in Pastor Terry words, don't be a ball hog. You need to share. (laughs) Don't give them all. Let somebody else. And so it's cool to watch in our services to watch... And I remember that one of the times it happened that it came that the interpretation came on that side. Another time, the interpretation was up in the balcony. Another time, the interpretation was from the stage. Hallelujah. Amen. That's sharing. Don't be a ball hog. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we need to share the gifts and the operation of the gifts. And same thing with prophecy, the same thing with interpretation. Okay, let's go on. Verse 28. But if there is no interpreter let him or her keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself or herself and to God. In other words, how does that person know that there's an interpreter or there's not? Here's the answer. I've already told you, and I'll just say in this house, because I'm in my house, we're in this house. I know of at least five interpreters that have the gift of interpretation in this house. So it's okay. I'm not as as nervous about the operation of the gift of tongues interpretation about there not being interpretation as I am about somebody having the faith just to speak up. Just use the gift. Mix faith with it and just say it. Well, I'm scared it might be me. It will be you. <laughs> It will be your lungs, your breath coming out of your lungs, going over your vocal cords, coming out of your mouth, that you have to have faith to open your mouth and say it. It is you, but it's not is you. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit that's giving you that unction and that ability and that gift to walk in that gift of the Spirit to declare. But you still have to mix faith with it and give it, just like anything else. I had to mix faith with getting up here and preaching tonight, because I'm going to be talking about women being silent in that church in just a moment. (laughs) I know, y'all are still waiting. Come on, get to it. Okay. <laughs> verse, uh, verse 29. Let two or three prophets speak. Those that are gifted is, is with prophecy, they let them speak. And let the others judge. Who, that's the L-E-T is us. Let the others. Who's the others? Let us as a body judge. Let the other people that walk in that gift operate in that judge. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Okay. Verse 30. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by... Let the first keep silent. In other words, verse 30 is saying what I've been saying. Don't be a ball hog. Share. Okay. Now, sorry, I just had a picture. So here's somebody that has the gift of public tongues. God is using them in public tongues. And you can tell, you can sense in the service thing, has got quiet enough. It's not a fast song. It's not the drums are going. It's not the sound is going. Woo. Oh, it's got quite enough you can hear because we're not going to give somebody a microphone for the gift of tongues. So you have to be able to hear. Our sound guys have got to be on their toes to recognize, there it is, and go, slide. We hear that, and then there's going to be after that the gift of interpretation. I'll say it one more time. The gift of tongues is a message from God to us, and it goes on to talk about what that even that is, that it touches our hearts in our last teaching, that it's something that reveals in our heart. In other words, in other words, Pastor Terry words, it's saying that the presence of Jesus is in the house, that the Lord is in the room, that He has something to say to us. How many of you glad that we can sense the presence of God, know that the presence of the Lord is here, and He has something to say in the house? And we give room for that. We want to be able to hear from the Lord, don't we? We want to be able to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, right? Amen. Thank you. Oh, y'all are doing really good. Verse 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. You may, it didn't say some, it said you all may prophesy one by one. Verse 32, and, and this is where I believe, and I'm going to use these next four verses is what I'm going to call the context within a context these next four verses are going to build the context around getting to that verse I've been talking about. <laughs> so I want to be sure I set it up good for us, the context of it. Here's the first verse in the context of the four. The very Verse 1 says, verse 32, it says, "...and the spirits of the prophets are subjects to the prophets." The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. That means people that are operating in the gifts of the spirit. And honestly, all of us that's in the room, it should be we understand that our spirit is subject to us. In other words, if you say, I couldn't help myself, that's not true. You could help yourself. That's why you refrain sometimes you won't move in them, because you could help yourself. (laughs) See? So the spirit of the the prophet is subject to the prophet. So we are the ones that we're in control of. We either can release and open our heart and give what the Lord is saying to do as we mix faith with it, or we can restrain because it's somebody else's turn and we're not a ball hog. Hallelujah. We can share. Or, you know, I don't think I have it. I think somebody else has it. I do that often. So I'll go ahead and say I'm one of the ones that has a gift of interpretation, and because I didn't speak the last two times with the interpretation, I didn't want to be a ball hog. So I shared and heard somebody else up there give it. Instantly when that happened, oh, I'm not pointing at you. I'm just pointing up in that area. I, yeah, I kind of ducked. And so. so what I did whenever that interpretation happened, I did two things. First of all, I said, thank you, God. Thank you for speaking to the church tonight through the gifts of the Spirit. Is what I said. And I also said, whew. I'm glad I didn't miss it. Let somebody else give a word. The next time it happened, it it was over there. (laughs) And when it happened over there, I did the same thing. Thank you, God. I didn't miss it. Learning how to operate in this that we're able to share. What happens if somebody starts and somebody else starts? Don't y'all look at me like that. What happens if somebody does, the other one does? Well, if one have already started, the other one starts, then they just need to stop. Oops. (laughs) Just uh, And so it's talking about two or three can. We know who the next person can be. Right? Okay. So in that, I wanted you to hear the word. Our spirits are subject to us. Verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion or disorder, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. That's why, why am I preaching tonight about order and service and the gifts of the Spirit? Because God is not the author of confusion. We need to know these things. We need to know how you function and work in these things right from the Word of God. Oh, and here we go. Verse 34. <clears throat> need to buckle up. Let your women keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak. Pastor Jacob's going to take the rest of it. it. (laughs) But they are to be submissive, as the law also says. Now, in a lot of places, they stop there. And they make doctrines around that and traditions around that. And they go through the lens of, a lot of times, things that's been in in that process for, for years and years. What that says, but but listen, the context doesn't stop at that verse. Read the next one. It says, "And if they want to learn something, who if who wants it? The women want all of us want to learn (laughs) want to learn something. Let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is shameful for women to speak in church. It's not talking about talking in church. It's shameful or it's an interruption if you're interrupting." So here's the picture. Y'all ready? I love what I'm about to say. I'm glad I gave you the context. Back in the day, when Jesus walked the earth and started talking about the church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, and the church was coming into existence and all those things. Back in those days, and even before those days, the ones that were usually educated was the men. Did you know that? It was the men that were educated. The women were homemakers. They took care of the children. They took care of the home. But they, did, they were not educated by and large in those days. So fast forward a little bit, and they begin to have church together. It started many times in the homes. But there came a place where it got a little bit larger in a public gathering. But what they still had in tradition and custom was that when they came to church, they had two sections, and they had a larger aisle, and they had the women sit on one side and the men sit on the other. The men were educated, so they would understand the terms. The women were, did not understand the terms of what was being said, so what they would do as let them keep silent and ask their husband at home, is they would talk across the aisle. Here's the picture. The message is being given, they're talking, they're, they're reading, they're talking. And then it comes time and they hit a word like sanctification. And the wife or a woman across the aisle would say to their husband, Honey, what is he talking about? Yeah, Carl, what's he talking about? Joe, do you have any idea what sanctify- What is sanctification is? So the husbands would go, honey, please don't talk in church. Don't be asking about this. We'll talk about it later. Oh, how many times have we said that, guys? (laughs) Sorry, I'm having too much fun. This is just fun. So he's not saying that you can't, I'm just saying it. He's not saying that women cannot be in positions of authority in the church. He is not saying that you cannot talk in church. He's not saying that you can't hold any positions of leadership in the church. And I'm going to tell you why as I turn my page. Because I found out that women in the Old Testament exercised leadership, women in the New Testament spoke for God as prophets, even being called prophetesses, women in the New Testament era were gifted by God's spirit for such things as teaching and leadership. And in the new creation, chapter 5, verse 17, it begins to undo the fall that separated, which means the men and the women were drawn back into being one in Christ. There is no difference. Hang on, hang on. There is no difference in Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Now you can give it up. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, I'm glad I got past that one. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I feel better. Verse 36. <laughs> Or did the word of God come originally from you, or was it you only that it reached? Verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. These are not suggestions, these are not opinions. It is commandments of the Lord. How many, ladies, how many of you are glad that you have become one? There's no separation. You are glad that you're becoming one. The fall caused a separation of things. But the union in Christ and what Jesus is doing and transforming, even in churches, is that He still is unifying and causing for there to be not male or female, but to be this that we all operate as one. If come on, guys, help me. If we as as husbands and recognize in our growing in marriage we are becoming one, yeah. right? Then it's the same thing in the church house that we're becoming one. I really like verse 38 also. It says, If anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) You don't agree with it? Well, okay, just don't agree with it. (laughs) You don't want to say amen? Just don't say amen. Now, isn't it cool how that's in the Bible? And I, I, I said years ago, Lord, I don't want to be ignorant. Well, then don't be ignorant. Learn. And there's things we need to grow in and walk in. And also, just to say it since I need to be on the other side of that page, I believe it's also true that as we grow, we're not ever going to arrive that we know all and everything. So we're all growing, right? We're all in the process of this. Okay, verse number 39. Therefore, the word therefore in the Bible is a summation again. All the things that was just said, including what we just talked about, all of these things, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Amen. What does a spirit filled church sound like? What does a spirit filled church look like? It needs to be one that you hear and move in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Part of those are that we also understand about it's okay to have private prayer language. It's all right to have public tongue message, understanding the difference in the two. And do not forbid to speak with tongues. I was talking to a lady before I give my last verse. I was talking to a lady recently, and she was telling me about um, some of the things that was going on. I can't get into all the stuff. But at the very last of what I was talking about with the problems and things she was wanting to need help with, I I found myself saying to her, I need to ask you a question. Um, Can you tell me if you have ever been filled with the Spirit? And she said, what do you mean? Well, that kind of gives a hint. That means no. (laughs) Um, Have you you been filled with the Spirit? Not talking about being born again or saved. I'm talking about, have you been baptized with or in the Holy Spirit? And she said, Uh, Are you talking about me speaking in tongues? Yes, (laughs) I am. I'm talking about that's one of the signs that happens when we are baptized or filled. And she said, I never have. I've I've gone to, she named a not denomination. She said, I've been that all of my life and we just didn't do that. And I said, okay. I said, the reason I'm asking, because I think it's important in our growth, in our walk with the Lord, that we open our heart and we're open to that next part. Would you agree that you are at least open to that next part? She said, what do I have to do? I said, it's like a gift. It's like salvation. You have to receive it. You still do that by faith. She said, "Um, are you going to make me do something weird? (laughs) I said, no, and neither is the Holy Spirit. Wait, are you wait? Now is this about tongues? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do I have to speak in tongues? I said, No. You get to speak in tongues. It's a prayer language. Oh, I get to. Yeah, you get to. Will you listen? No. I'll I'll help you. Then I'll just walk out of the room. Just no. I, it's not important that I listen, but it is important that you release something that you have. If you don't take the gift box lid off and take the gift and apply it and give it in your heart, it's never going to happen to you. But if you by faith say, Joel Joel chapter 2, and I'll quote the verse. Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says that this promise, this promise is for you and for your children and for your children's children as many as be afar off and as many as the Lord our God shall call. And guess who's calling your number today? And she said, um, what do I do? I said, you receive. She said, I receive. I said, okay. So I walked her through the next three things. It took three sentences to do that. And I looked at her and I, and so as I, I said, okay, now you're not saying it to me, it's your prayer language. You're praying to God. I said, so go ahead. And she said, you mean now? <laughs> no, I'm talking about next week or next year. And she said, no, you really want me to like now? I, you're, you're not saying it to me. You're saying it to the, to the Lord. Remember, all of this is about Jesus and letting Him transforming us. And picture Jesus, picture Jesus. It says in the Word that it's Him that baptizes you with the Holy Spirit anyway. Receive it from the Lord. And she said, oh, well, hey, if that's that, receive it from the Lord, I'm in. I said, Good. And so I went to turn to sit down, and she said, Lord, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, that you're giving me, and I want to speak in my prayer language, and she did. And I said, I turned and looked, and she looked at me, and her mouth dropped open. I looked at her, and I said, you did? She said, I did. <laughs> it wasn't spooky. It wasn't kooky. It wasn't weird. Wait, say it again. Did you say that I just prayed in my prayer language to, to, to God? Yes, you did. I didn't know what I said. You weren't supposed to. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's another time to talk. It's, so it really is something that we make complicated, and it's not that complicated, right? Amen. All right, so last verse, verse number 40, and let, notice it says, let again. It's talking about us, talking about you and I. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. Everything we do in the house, let all things be done decently and And in order. Hallelujah.